More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in, hour number two, Monday edition, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Heads up, heads up, Buck has got a puppy in his lap, so if you hear a puppy chirping, it is not someone being held hostage uh, by either Buck or myself. It's not a child in danger. You don't have to look over your shoulder and be like, wait a minute, is that the kid in my car seat? Is that my dog? Is something going on? No. Carrie is out and in studio with him. Buck has a three month old puppy that is, uh, that may be chirping during the course of the show. So just FYI, major housekeeping, uh, announcement she is, there. Yeah. She is super cute. She's fine, but we've reached the point here where the puppy knows based on the clothing that I put on or Carrie puts on, whether it's outside time or not. Like, the second she sees sneakers getting laced up, she goes to the front door, she freaks out, and so she's gotten very smart. Um, but, yes, we will try to keep her yelping to a minimum. Her cuteness is such that she thinks she can get away with anything, and unfortunately that is largely true, but we are trying to train her now. But we have politics to discuss. We do have politics to discuss. Things that DeSantis said that were very interesting in that interview we just did. Uh, and let me give you a couple of polls that dropped today, because I do think they're significant if you're paying attention out there. Uh, th- we asked him about it, Buck did, right off the top, a Des Moines Register NBC News poll. But if you have not seen this, it came out early this morning. Trump, 51%. DeSantis, 19%. Nikki Haley, 16%. And then Vivek Ramaswamy, 5 Chris Christie, 4 Big drop-offs there, but Trump now over 50%, up eight points since the last poll they did in late October. DeSantis up three, Nikki Haley not moving, Vivek up one, not moving. Uh, So really Trump, the biggest mover in that poll. Uh, So I think that's worth factoring in. Also, there is yet another poll from Michigan, this one from CNN. It has Trump up 50 to 40 a 10-point lead 
for Donald Trump in Michigan head-to-head against Joe Biden per the New York Times. Now, uh, also Trump up five in Georgia. Those are obviously two states that Joe Biden won. Uh, and this is the third straight Michigan poll from high-quality national poll results. The New York Times had Trump up five in Michigan. Uh, the epic MRA poll had him up five. And now CNN has him up ten, the last three major polls of the state of Michigan. That would be huge, Buck, because, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Trump win Michigan in 16 by like .16% and lost Michigan by a point and a half or whatever in 2020? So we're not talking about Trump, you know, sort of squeezing out a win by 10 or 15,000 votes. We're talking about Trump trouncing Biden by multiple points, the likes of which we've never seen from Trump in 16, 20, or 24. So reason why I raise that is I'm going to ask you the same question that I put up as a poll question. Do you believe them? Do you believe that this CNN poll that has Trump up 10 and Trump up 5 in Georgia I put up this poll and I just said, hey, is this poll accurate? Yes or no, do you buy it? I want to get your read, Buck. 12,000 people have voted into whether or not uh, that is accurate. So do you think this poll is accurate? Do you think that Trump is up five or more points in Michigan right now and five or more points in Georgia? If the election were today, what that those polls are telling us is Trump would win both states handily and flip them from the blue camp to the red camp. You buy it. I I think you have to buy it. it I think you have to buy it insofar as polls are, um, you know, something that we use to give us a snapshot in time. And uh, the more I look at what's happening here, I think it's just all a function of, whether the indictments, I really believe that what's moving the needle here more than anything, even including the economy, is a revulsion among a portion of the electorate at the Democrats indicting their top political rival. Uh, I think that right now you'd have to say that was a dramatic miscalculation. And the only way that that changes is if upon a guilty verdict, because it's not going to shift just based on what's going on in normal politics, right? The only way this uh, changes is if there's a guilty verdict against Trump and then somehow public sentiment becomes, well, maybe it was unfair, but apparently he did the crime, so he should do the time, something along along those lines. You know, it's interesting to me because Governor DeSantis was just with us and and he said he doesn't think it'll be Biden. And then you asked him, which was important, well, okay, who will it be? And he said Kamala. My my sense all along and what I've been saying all along is it's going to be Biden or Kamala. They're the ticket. There's a vice president for a reason. Joe Biden could have stepped down at any point during his presidency uh, for Kamala Harris. And if he were to win, uh, could step down and I think would step down very quickly. But the whole point here is, well, yeah, that's the ticket as it exists right now. Is there going to be some other? And I, I think that Gavin Newsom showing up in that debate the way that he did made him seem like a less viable option, yeah. perhaps, than he had previously been. Um, and I think that when you start looking at the other... Okay, you don't have time to get on the ballots, everybody. That has passed. For key states, you can't get on the ballot, you're not going to win. So you start with that. 
Now you look at, well, you'd have to figure out some kind of a replacement of Biden-Harris. I don't even know how that would go in something that would involve the Democratic Convention. I don't know that they have, I don't think that they have the uh, logistical acumen to pull that off. Is that the right, I don't know. That, But that's, I don't think they could do it. So they're all in on Kamala Biden. And if they're all in on Kamala Biden, they must think that the ace up their sleeve is Trump gets indicted and it's all over. I think they may be wrong about that, too. Yeah, and we... I'm sorry, I was Trump gets convicted. You, yeah, yeah, I was texting with you over the weekend about this, and we should mention, and I'm going to dive into this because I'll have time to read in one of the commercial breaks coming up, but there's a big decision about whether Trump can be held accountable based on, you know, Trump is basically arguing in the D.C. case... This is all a part of presidential powers. And I had the ability to challenge whether this was a valid election. I committed no crimes. This is well within the scope of what presidential performance as the duty of president would uh, consist of. I think that's going to go all the way to the Supreme Court. And Jack Smith is now involved in making this decision. I think if I were the Supreme Court, and and I don't know. Do you think we've ever had a Supreme Court justice listen to the show, Buck? Do you think at any point in time any of the Supreme Court justices have ever heard our show? Yes. Okay. So in the event that we are ever heard by the Supreme Court, I will humbly give them my advice for what they should do. They should set uh, a hearing on this to take place. And then they should allow that, if they set a hearing on whether or not Trump can be prosecuted here, I would set that hearing, I would drag it out, and I would set a hearing without giving a full verdict before the election is decided. Because then you let the American public determine, hey, who should be the President of the United States? And then, if Trump wins, look, he's going to dismiss all this with his new Attorney General. Right, So the case in D.C. is going to go away. The case in Miami is going to go. South Florida is going to go away. If Trump wins, that's what he's going to do. So you can avoid what I, I, I think is think a he major... To, he probably has to pardon himself. I think the Depart- No, I think the, the, he'll just have his attorney general dismiss the Department of Justice cases. I don't even think he'd have to pardon himself. But... Would he, but would he be beyond the statute of limitations for everything that... Because theoretically, you could then have a Democrat president who resurrects the charges even oh, for... Oh, I, I think I think he might well pardon himself for all perpetuity before he left. But I'm just saying, I, I, if I were advising oh, him okay. legally, yeah. I, instead of even getting involved in whether he has the power to pardon right then, I would just go ahead and have the attorney general dismiss the cases and uh, and say, we're not prosecuting these cases, we don't believe. But then the Supreme Court could rule, and it's not in the middle of an election year. So I think the Supreme Court has the ability to keep these cases from going to trial before the election happens. And that's what I would suggest the Supreme Court do. Because, look, what they should say, I think Trump's right on the law. But if Trump-appointed justices come in in an election year and say Trump can't be prosecuted for these violations... I actually think it makes the Supreme Court seem incredibly political. And I think if they're worried about, as Chief Justice Roberts is and others are, worried about preserving the institutional legitimacy of the court, I would forestall it. Maybe you have here, maybe you have oral arguments in, in October, uh, maybe you even have it in March and then you drag it out, whatever the time frame might be necessary. 
uh, to analyze. I think having a Supreme Court ruling on this issue in an election year is inherently political. And look, the court didn't choose this. Biden and the Department of Justice put it in their in their purview and made it relevant. But then they'll attack the court. They'll say we have to stack the court. They'll say they're running uh, interference for Trump. I'm saying just let the basically let the clock run out. Keep the cases from proceeding and uh, put a stay in place. And then after the election, you can decide this issue or it'll be moot because Trump will find a way to dismiss it if he wins. If he loses, then you can rule on whether or not the prosecution is legitimate. Uh, but, Buck, by the way, I said I was going to give the results here. 63% of people do not believe the CNN polls. And I don't know if you've seen this. There is a not insubstantial percentage of people out there that believe that all of the positive Trump polls is a rig job designed to, and I'm, I don't believe this. Let me make this clear. But there is an, not insubstantial. You've seen this, this too. This is this is like a this is a trap. I mean, it's the Democrats yes. playing possum or the Democrats. I've said that my fear is the uh, the double envelopment at uh, at Cannae, yes. where the front line again nerding out here, but everyone we got to nerd out sometimes. The front line of Hannibal with I believe Hasdrubal on the cavalry on the side, they let the front line of the Romans go deeper and deeper. And the Romans, the front line thought, oh, my gosh, we're beating these guys. And then they got encircled, and then they got slaughtered, and 60,000 people basically on the Roman side dead in a day. Um, if the de- if, now Keep in mind, that was a long time ago, and we still talk about it today because it's very hard to pull off that maneuver. If the Democrats pull off, uh, pull this off, I don't know. I mean, you got to tip the hat to the uh, the evil the evil skills that they have. Um, I don't think I don't think they're that good either. I mean, it's possible. I, but I, I don't it would think also they do require it. that theory, and I just I agree with you. I don't believe it, but there's a lot of people who do. Sixty three percent of people don't believe the current poll results. There's a lot of people out there that believe that that conspiracy is underway. I I don't think you could get every pollster to artificially inflate Donald Trump, something that they've never done before. They've actually undercounted Trump support historically because you're trying to encourage Trump to be the nominee and then suddenly the polls shift. I, I just I, I don't buy this. I think that this is a referendum on Biden right now. Uh there was one number that stood out to me, Buck. Forty eight to fourteen in the Wall Street Journal poll. And by the way, a lot of the pollsters are Republicans including Trump's own pollsters. So do you think they're, again, it, it just, I understand skepticism of polls. That's different than the polls are all being rigged to tell a story that is inaccurate. But 48-14, who has the ability to do the job? Trump beats Biden. That's the election right now. That's why I think they have to replace Biden. 48-14, Trump is plus 34 on does he have the mental and physical capacity to be president? Biden is done. I, d- I don't think Biden can win. I really don't. And I, th- that's why I agree with DeSantis that they're going to have to replace him. I just, I don't agree with the person that he picked. Well, if it's Kamala, I think the numbers, it's worse. Keep going down, down. Yeah. I, 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 that's the problem. And I, I don't see the third option. We'll, we'll continue to look at this. 800-282-2882. We are in the holiday season, and it's a time for joy, a time for giving, a time for being with family. 
It's also a time for reflection and a time to take a moment to stop and think to yourself, what am I doing that makes a difference? Sure, you have to make a difference in your day-to-day. You have to take care of those around you, your loved ones, family, friends, colleagues. But what about taking part in a godly mission that saves lives? You can do that right now, this holiday season. You can help give the lift, uh, give the gift of life to an unborn child. This is with Preborn. We partner with them. They're a network of clinics that operate nationwide to help mothers in crisis make the decision and make it on their own, but to help push them toward the decision to make, uh, or to, to give a baby life. They place their clinics, the preborn, uh, clinics in communities with a higher rate of abortions and they offer up support as an alternative. They are fighting for life, whether it's a free ultrasound or the offer to help with supplies, maternity clothes and other forms of assistance. They are often the difference maker for that mother between life and abortion. That free ultrasound is really key in all this, too. Once a mom meets her baby for the first time, hears that heartbeat, her baby's chance at life is doubled. For just $28, that's the cost of an ultrasound, you can save a tiny baby's life this holiday season. And now, through a match, your tax-deductible gift is doubled. That's right. So if you give $28, there'll be a matching gift, so you could be helping to save two babies' lives. And whatever you can spare, if somebody out there can... Uh, can give a thousand dollars tax deductible, five thousand dollars, a leadership level gift. You'd be able to run the preborn network of clinics nationwide for 24 hours, saving 200 tiny babies' lives in the process. Using your cell phone, dial pound two five zero. Say the keyword baby. That's pound two five zero. Say baby, or go online to preborn.com/buck. That's preborn.com/buck. Preborn has a 100% charity rating. Sponsored by Preborn. Keeping it real. Keeping it honest. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. 
This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. So what is the plan if things are looking so bad for their man, Joe Biden? Here's CNN's uh, John Avlon saying, uh, these polls are not good, folks. Play two. These are bad news for Joe Biden. There's an enthusiasm gap that the Biden mm-hmm. team needs to confront. But but as you point out, that fact that, you know, that the, the, these court cases, they go forward. That could be a major two-by-four across Donald Trump. Clay, it, it, it is all, I, I really believe this. It's all now just, uh, they're rolling the dice on the legal theories, on the, on the legal onslaught against Trump and the theory that that will sink him. There's no other way to turn around these kind of numbers and this kind of sentiment. They're, they're, they're at, you know, a big secret weapon kind of, uh, level here. There's no standard politics that will change this. That's why I come back to, do you think he can do the job? Americans have decided the answer is no. And I just think come August, they're going to say that that Biden has some sort of health-related concern, and they're going to make the switch. Now, how do they get past Kamala Harris, who I think is worse? We'll play some of that audio because Ron DeSantis says he thinks it'll be Kamala. I don't. I think they'll go external outside of the existing ticket. We shall see. This past weekend, I was out at the range working on the basics, trying to get my skills better and better over time. Might even have to start shooting left-handed because I'm left-eye dominant. Oh, gosh. But, you know, it's all about the basics and proficiency and repetition. And, sure, when you can get to the range, uh, that's great. But if you want to be getting better all the time, so when you're actually out there doing live fire, you're getting the best out of it you can, you've got to check out the Mantis X system. Mantis X gives you data-driven, real-time feedback on your technique, takes you through drills and courses. I've got this thing at home. It's addictive because it gives you data that shows how is your trigger pull, how is your sight alignment, how are your shooting skills right now, and you get better from practice. So then when you get out there, all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, my groups on that target are tighter than they've ever been. Oh, it's because I've been using the Mantis X system, of course. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. For all the gun owners out there, get yourself a Mantis X. Go to M-A-N-T-I-S-X. That's MantisX.com. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We are scheduled to be joined by Senator J.D. Vance from Ohio here in the near future. But I wanted to mention, Buck, uh, I know a lot of you saw the story about at least six people killed, tornadoes swept through the Nashville area over this weekend, came about a 100 yards from my sister's house uh, north of town in the Gallatin-Hendersonville area. And I was over at her house on Sunday and driving through her neighborhood. The amount of damage, pretty staggering. And uh, so I know we have a large listenership in the uh, in the state of Tennessee and all over the southeast in particular and, frankly, all over the nation. I know many people have been uh, paying attention to this. But it was an absolutely devastating storm that rolled through. And I went by and saw a lot of the damage. 
uh, on Sunday from uh, from that north side of town. So I just want everybody to know that uh, that in that area we are thinking about you. Hopefully we can do something for some of the people. I certainly will try to do my best here in uh, the Nashville area and uh, Clarksville and, and all points around that were uh, that were hit associated with that. So I just want to make sure that I mention that. Um, and uh, I know it's a particularly challenging time for anyone out there that is dealing with those sort of natural disasters as you get closer to the holiday season. We're joined now by uh, Ohio Senator J.D. Vance. And, uh, J.D., we appreciate the time. Uh, and you coming on with us. I just want to jump in right off the top. I'm sure you've seen the Des Moines Register polls, now the morning consult polls. Is this thing over in your mind, and is Donald Trump going to be the nominee for the Republican Party in 2024? Yeah, you guys obviously know I'm biased. I endorsed Trump. I think it was one of the first uh, U.S. senators to endorse him this cycle. Um, I, I think it's been over for a long time. The Des Moines Register poll, in my mind, just confirms that we have to remember Iowa's probably the worst state for Trump. Of some of the early primary states, and if he's already sort of clearing a majority, uh, then I think that's very good news for him. Now, when I make this argument, sort of people who are behind DeSantis or Haley or whoever else will always say, well, don't we want to let the voters decide? I think it's obviously a fair point. You do want to let the voters decide. Uh, you know, I, I get one vote, you guys get one vote, but, but voters, um, we, we each need to make our voices heard on this. The, the, the counter argument here is, look, if, if the president is out to a commanding lead, and I think that he is, uh, you can say let the voters decide while at the same time saying the party apparatus needs to prepare for the inevitable. And, um, you know, DeSantis should run his race. Haley should run her race. But uh, if, if the president looks like the prohibitive favorite of the voters, then maybe don't say and do things that make it more likely that Joe Biden is just going to use your words, put him in a TV ad attacking the eventual nominee. Or if you're the RNC, Maybe we start thinking a little bit more seriously about how to build a ballot harvesting operation nationwide, especially in the battleground states, and a little bit less resources on these debates that fewer and fewer people are watching. So I, I think the institutional party needs to wake up and smell the roses here and put us in a position to win in November. You know, J.D., I know you're a senator now. Uh, you also are a, uh, a former Marine. And I know that the Democrats are not the enemy in, in that kind of context, but they're the opposition politically. And if you're looking at the tactics, if you're looking at politics like a battlefield strategy issue, do they know something we don't know here? Because I keep looking at this. Clay is basically saying that, like, this thing looks like it's over, meaning the general election, never mind the primary, before it's even happening. I'm sitting here. Meaning and, and I don't thinking, think Biden can be the guy. Like, not necessarily that I, I just, I look at these numbers. Yeah. yeah. But but you know it can't it can't be Biden. But is there something that you worry about that they know that we don't? Where it can be Biden, or how do you think this plays out? Oh look, I think the thing I worry about is the lawfare they're deploying against Donald Trump. I mean, I just saw the news a couple of minutes ago actually uh, that that Jack Smith is trying to basically petitioning the Supreme Court to rule on one of the threshold claims of his entire criminal lawsuit against Donald Trump. And basically to do it in, in, in order that he can actually have a trial that runs its course before the American people get to vote. Like, what, what better evidence do we need that this is all about politics that has nothing to do with justice? So, yeah, I, I worry about the dirty tricks they're going to pull more than anything. Um, I, I, look, I, clearly Biden has a lot of issues electorally. But, but my assumption here is that even if it is Biden, and I, and I think it will be, I think it's very hard for Democrats to change course this late in the game. But who knows? 
but but even if it is Biden, um, I, I, I think it's probably going to be a decently close election. We can't sort of rest on our laurels here just because the polling looks good for Donald Trump a year out. But the way they're going to take him down, I think, is pretty clearly using the Department of Justice in order to do it. They, they've already telegraphed the play here, which is why I, I think Republicans uh, – look, whoever your candidate is, I think for most of us at this point it's Donald Trump. But we, we, we can't sort of give in to the lawfare and say we're going to let Jack Smith and Merrick Garland decide who our nominee is going to be. I hear this from a lot of conservatives who I think are fundamentally good people. They'll say, well – I'm so worried about the legal lawsuits against Donald Trump uh, that I want to pick a different candidate. Well, then aren't you just letting this corrupt Justice Department choose your nominee for you? Uh, we have to get it out there. We have to talk about it. We have to make the American people aware of the fact that they really are using the Department of Justice to engage in election interference. That, to me, is the game we have to play because that's the game the Democrats are going to push on Donald Trump. J.D., I'm sure you saw it. The Axios report said that you are one of the top contenders to be Donald Trump's vice presidential pick. I know you probably are enjoying your time in the Senate, and you just got there. If Trump is the nominee, would you be willing to leave the Senate to work somewhere else, or are you pretty much buckled down and you think the most advantageous use of your skills would be to stay in the Senate no matter what? Yeah, man, I really like my job, and I want to stay in the Senate. That said, of course, if Trump um, asks me, I'd, I'd be an idiot not to consider it. I'd be very honored by it, by the ask. But I, I do think that we have to remember that one of the big problems of Trump administration round one uh, was that you had congressional Republicans actively fighting the agenda, I think especially on the things I care most, most about, which is the border, which is our trade policies, especially vis-a-vis China. Um, you, you can't have a Republican set of legislators that, have, that is actively fighting against uh, the people's elected president. So I think it's important that we have, you know, America first style conservatives in Congress pushing the agenda legislatively. Uh, that's the goal of, 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 of me personally. That's the way I think I can best serve the people of Ohio who elected me. Uh, but certainly, like, I'm going to help President Trump. Uh, get over the finish line, and uh, if he asks me, uh, I'm not going to pretend. You know, you always hear these these politicians like, "Oh, well, you know, they, they try to him and haul and get out of the the, the answer." I'm going to think about it if he asks me, but but I don't think that he will, and I think that my best role is to be a senator. You know, JD, there's been a lot of back and forth about uh, Ukraine recently, whether it's just on the debate stage of the of the primary, um, or you know, in, in the course of the news cycle and and the congressional funding for it. Um, where, where are you on that right now? And I mean, we just talked about the possibility of you maybe being part of the executive branch, but whether you are or not, you're certainly a voice on this issue that people on the right are going to be hearing from and, and should pay attention to. Do, do you think that we've reached a new phase where people are recognizing that the Ukrainian resistance, however glorious somebody may think it is or, or whatever, is not going to be able to actually beat Russia in this fight? Or where do you put this? Yeah, I think people are starting to wake up and smell um, what, what's actually going on here, which is w- whatever bravery we might commend on the Ukrainian side, it's clearly not going to be enough to return Russia to the 1991 borders. I've been saying this for a while, but you even see members of Zelensky's own government. Uh, the leader of his military said recently that there's no way they can decisively beat Russia on the battlefield. This thing has been a stalemate. And as I, I, I've said repeatedly, everybody with a brain realizes that this was always going to end in negotiation, where you draw the line, how the fighting stops, how you hopefully prevent uh, the, the fighting from picking back up again and the war from restarting. 
was going to be the subject of a major negotiation, obviously between the Russians and the Ukrainians, but also between the Americans, between NATO and a lot of other interested parties. The fact that we have tried so hard to convince the American people uh, that a, a country with a fifth of the population of Russia was going to be able to throw them back to the 1991 borders, or you have even some insane people on the American side saying that we were going to depose Vladimir Putin and do regime change in Russia, which, by the way, is scary because maybe the person you get is better than Putin. Maybe the person you get is worse than Putin uh, with, with, with his finger on the nuclear trigger. So, uh, yeah, I think we're waking up here. The, the thing I, I'd encourage all your listeners to appreciate here is that if this goes on much further, Ukraine will become a rump country that completely depends on Western support to even function, to pay its retirees, to uh, do the basic tasks of civil government, like repair the roads and infrastructure. The average age of a Ukrainian soldier is 43. That's only increasing. They don't have nearly enough uh, young men to keep on fighting. They don't have nearly enough people to run a country of their size. This gets worse and worse the longer it goes on, which is why I think we should be bringing it to a rapid close. J.D., you've got a really good legal background, um, and you mentioned the Jack Smith appeal to the Supreme Court. Um, and I know a lot of our audience is having – we try to keep them updated, but there's so many different legal maneuverings and, and complicated legalities there. What do you think the Supreme Court should do? I think you probably agree with me and with Buck that there's no way Donald Trump should be standing trial in this, you know, ham-handed campaign of the Democrats to try to use lawfare against him in an election year. But now that the Supreme Court is getting drawn in, that they're being asked, hey, make a ruling on whether this is within the scope of Trump's presidential powers or not, i.e., whether he can even be prosecuted at all. You know if they say he can't, then they're going to say, well, of course not. Trump appointed three of these judges. They're going to attack the legitimacy. They may even say this is why we need to pack the court. Pretend that you were a Supreme Court justice right now. You understand all of these different swirling dynamics. How, in your mind, is the best way the Supreme Court could handle the situation that Jack Smith and the Democrats are putting them in? Yeah, so look, I'm, I'm hardly an expert on the law here, so I, I don't, I don't want to pretend that I know all the ins and outs. Uh, but there, there are two basic things that I think the Supreme Court could do. So obviously it could take up the case, as I understand it, and say, look, the president has broad immunity here, presidential powers cover everything that he did, and they throw out the case. I would obviously be very happy with that. I don't know if that's something the Supreme Court's actually going to do, but the, the worst and most important thing for the Supreme Court to avoid is to weigh in and to do it in a way that's politically expedient for Jack Smith. Y you can't have the Supreme Court sort of jump into this thing, because normally you would expect a lower appellate court to hear this before the Supreme Court even considered it. So what you really can't have is for the Supreme Court to jump the gun to hear this thing early and to do it in a way that enables Jack Smith uh, to get what I think is fundamentally a fraudulent trial through by Election Day. Because, again, this is the thing that I actually do worry about is all of this lawfare, and the Supreme Court shouldn't participate in it. At the very least, that should be the bare minimum ask of a Supreme Court that's applying the law. J.D. Vance, Senator from Ohio. J.D., we're going to be needing to talk to you this year. Things are going to get kind of crazy in the election, so uh, come back soon. All right. Thanks, gentlemen. Take care. Thank you. True story. I just got a, a text message right before the show, and it was a scam. And it was something about, oh, we've seen your resume, and we really want you to – first of all, I'm like, wait, what? I'm getting – That was me. That was me. That wasn't a scam. Oh. 
Oh, there we go. That that confuses things. So I, I get this thing. It says, click here because we want to offer you an amazing job for because we saw your resume. I'm like, I don't even have a resume anymore. I've been doing radio for 10 years. Like, resume. Anyway, it was a scam, folks. It was a scam. And these days, there are going to be so many packages arriving. There are going to be so many things that you're buying online. You're typing in your credit card info. We're just hoping that all this stuff kind of stays safe. And the problem is it doesn't. I mean, identity theft happens constantly. You know this because of the alerts you get from LifeLock. You need to have Norton LifeLock, my friends. If you don't, you won't know. And then sometimes you'll have a huge bill run up in your name. You'll have all kinds of problems. It can hurt your credit. So while you're going to be making all of these purchases and doing all the stuff online and dealing with packages and returns and gifts and all the things coming into your email inbox and to your phone, have Norton LifeLock operating in the background. It just means you've got a highly sophisticated online defender watching your back, making sure that you're not getting identity theft problems or people doing things that are going to run up a bill in your name. LifeLock detects and alerts you to potential identity threats you may not spot on your own, like the kind of crimes I'm talking about where thieves try to get your info and then pretend to be you. And if the bad guys do get a hold of your stuff, LifeLock will have a dedicated restoration specialist work with you. I had $1,000 that was on my credit report that shouldn't have been there because of identity theft. Somebody did this. and Oh, LifeLock Restoration Specialist, we got it totally removed. Got it totally removed. It only took me uh, one phone call in a few minutes. It would have taken me hours and hours otherwise. Try LifeLock yourself. You just want to have this operating while you're online, while you're doing things to purchase and, and get ready for the holidays. Join now. Save 25% off your first year with promo code BUCK. Go to lifelock.com, use promo code BUCK, that's lifelock.com. Use that promo code BUCK for 25% off your first year, or call this number, 1-800-LIFELOCK. Subscribe to CNB 24-7 and never miss a minute of Clay and Buck while getting behind-the-scene access to special content for members only. Well, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media Spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. 
This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Come back to play Ann Bach. Come up in the next hour. Uh, we're going to return to this issue of the two out of three presidents of elite universities who have not yet resigned. MIT and Harvard have not resigned. The former now president of the University of Pennsylvania. Calls are getting louder for first, well, for both MIT and Harvard's presence to resign then also a photo last week causing some controversy at least on the left of hamas prisoners uh being taken into custody and being uh, taken in in their underwear and people are trying to say look this shows oh no i will explain what it shows and it is not something that the uh the haters of israel will tell you because they want to pretend that it's something that it's not so we'll get into some of those things here coming up. We also got some calls, some VIP emails, and let's do it. Philip in Wisconsin, what have you got for us in the polls? Hey guys, um, I disbelieve the ten point lead in Michigan poll, but for a different reason. I think if they had come out and said two to three points, that's believable. Ten points in the land of Gretchen, Gretchen Whitmer, it's just unbelievable. Um, I think. I don't think it has to do with trying to bamboozle Trump supporters. I think it has to do with they want Biden out so badly that they're they're willing to exaggerate the numbers to that extent. So, so that's all I got. This, thank you for the call, and and I I think he's raising an interesting question. Buck, most of these polls, a lot of them have a Democrat and a Republican involved in doing the poll. For instance, the uh, Wall Street Journal poll that just came out on Saturday. They had Trump up four, uh, and I cited the 48-14, is he mentally able, basically, or physically able to be president, that Trump dominates Biden by 34 points there. In order to believe that they are rigging the poll results, Trump's lead pollster is the co-pollster uh, for that Wall Street Journal poll. They try to address bias by having a Democrat and a Republican often involved on both sides. So it would require a lot of dishonesty at basically every pollster agreeing to tell a lie. And I just don't find that to be I, likely I don't, to be true. This is where um, conspiracies like that can't hold together. It's too complicated. Too many moving pieces. Too many parts. And not the motivations you would need to do it in the first place, as you're pointing out. So I think the polls are what they are. They are an accurate gauge of the sentiment right now. And it's it's just kind of hard to trust for a lot of us out there that right now the sentiment is Trump is crushing Joe Biden. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael 
to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.